Welcome to Fandom Night, the show that thinks that Darth Vader's helmet keeps rain off the back of his neck. I'm William Bush, and I'm known as Reploid Bill at reploidproductions.com. Couple things. In the last episode, I actually said wrong. I said, welcome to Fantasy Night, which was because I was going to read the Spider-Man comic and it kind of threw me off. Sorry about that. That has been fixed. But let's get the contact information out of the way. Should anybody want to talk to me or anybody else that's on staff or want to make fun of us or whatever you want to do, critique us, tell us how to make the show better, tell us what is wrong with the show for that matter, our contact information, I am William Bush on Facebook and Google+. You can join the fan page on Facebook, which is, of course, Reploid Productions. There is reploidproductions.com. That's no space. And there's reploidproductions at gmail.com also. And that's also no space in the word. Reploid Productions is one big, giant, ridiculous word. I believe that covers the contact information. And we can go ahead and jump right in to the next Spider-Man issue. So this is the Amazing Spider-Man issue one. And it says, the Fantastic Four think I'm trapped, but they don't suspect my real power. Now this was the first official Spider-Man comic. And of course it has the Human Torch flying up around this big glass thing, and he's hanging on to the inside of this glass deal, Spider-Man is, and then Sue is in the back, and clobbering time, the thing is down there waving his fist, and Mr. Fantastic is just standing there being not useful at all. To go right into it, the first page here, and of course giving credit, like I said I'm going to start doing, the script was all done by Stan Lee, so he was the basic story designer. All the art by Steve Ditko, and the lettering by Johnny D. At here, it shows a bunch of people pointing fingers, and it shows J. Jonah Jameson shaking his fist at Spider-Man, who's hanging on this web. And it says, Freak! Public Menace! And of course, they're basically attacking him. <coughs> I'm thinking this picks up right after the criminal thing because he's throwing his spider suit against the wall and he's basically saying, I can't believe it. How could I let this happen? All my powers. And all I did was stand there and let this guy do that. And now Uncle Ben is gone and Aunt May and I are alone. And she's talking with a doctor. Says, please give me... Oh, no, he's not. A, he's a bill collector. I'm sorry says, please give me a little more time. I'll pay the rent next week if you'll only wait. So their financial problems are already starting. She was a housewife. Ben, I this is going to sound bad. It sounds like I'm criminalizing Ben, but Ben did not take the responsibility to provide for his family when he was gone. He, he basically couldn't have had that great of a job or something. He must not have had a huge education. Now, I'm not trying to criminalize this guy, but they have nothing. They already can't pay rent, and that's that they were renting a house. They weren't buying a house. Now, I'm not trying to down anybody that has rented their whole lives or anything like that, but basically Uncle Ben's life insurance covered nothing because it's only been 1 month. 
easily. Like I've already, I'm seeing that he's he's already throwing this thing against the uh, the deal. He just came back. He says are the bedroom of Peter Parker, the teenage student who many consider to be a shy bookworm. If they only knew, Uncle Ben is dead. I was too late to save him. It's it's like almost the next day, and already they can't pay rent. They can't get groceries. <clears throat> Their electricity is going to be shut off. This dude is poking his nose in the room, being like, come on, come on, money, money, money. And then she's trying to keep it away from him. She's like, uh, he basically says, Aunt May, there's only one thing to do. I have to quit, and I have to get a job. I have to quit school now. And she says, no, Peter, you mustn't. Your uncle always demanded that you, that you be a scientist, continue your studies. Well, he is very smart, and he has a chance of doing exactly that, becoming a professor, a scientist, a something, but he needs to find a way to get money. And he starts thinking about how easy it would be to rob trucks and things as Spider-Man, but says, no, there's, only, there's got to be another way. I've, I've got to perform again. And he's sitting at school, and he's working, and the kids are making fun of him, of course. And that's real douchey, because his uncle just died. That was probably on the news. That was probably announced in his classes. And they're just being... They're being... They're terrible people. There's no way around it. They are terrible people, because that is awful. Like, his uncle is dead. He's broke as crap. He has almost no future whatsoever, and they're just... They're being real bad to him. Now, he does a performance here, and then after the performance, he goes in, and they give him a, he gives him a check. He says, uh, he says, name, I can't tell you that. He says, just make it out to Spider-Man. And he's like, okay, you might have a mighty tough time cashing it, though. He says, a tough time cashing it. Eh, well, we'll just see about that. And he was about dumb to believe that, but they, he goes into the bank, and the bank guy's like, how do I know that you're not just some guy in a Spider-Man costume? There's, there's no way I'm giving you this money. So he goes, and he says, uh, he says, I'm ready for my next performance, but I'm gonna have to be paid in money this time, and he's like, he's like, nope. Might as well go on back to where you came from, Spider-Man. There'll be no show tonight or any other night. And he's like, what happened? Well, the Daily Bugle has published a Spider-Man menace up here. And it says, uh, says, look at this editorial. The paper has everyone so steamed up that they'll probably toss you in jail if you show your face again. And he says, Why? He says, we cannot allow that masked menace. This is, of course, J. Jonah Jameson now at this point saying, we cannot allow this masked menace to take the law into his own hands. He's a bad influence on our youngsters. So he's already making him out to be a criminal, and he's trying to promote his own son. This is a true hero. This is my son. Yada, yada, this and that. Well, right after that, he tries to go around looking for jobs because he figures the Spider-Man thing is done. He can't get a job. He tries like two or three different places and then he sees Aunt May on the streets and she doesn't know that he sees her. He 
He looks in and he notices that she's pawning off her jewelry just so that she can get the next month's rent. And he's real mad about that. He goes over and he hits the wall. He says, I can't give up. I've got to earn some money. And he punches the wall. And I'm surprised he didn't go right through the wall with the strength he's supposed to have. Right after that, uh, it's, it says part two. It basically skips forward through some time. He's there watching a rocket launch. And he needs a job so bad that he has the free time to go watch the rocket launch. But... J. Jonas Jameson's son is the one that's in the rocket, if I'm not mistaken. And they go into an orbit. Something happens. It messes up. And he starts falling towards Earth. Now, Spider-Man puts his costume on. Runs out. And they're trying to figure out what to do because there's a possibility this kid could be killed. And he says, uh... We have a 24-3, we have a 24-3B guidance unit, but there's no way to get it to James, there's no way to get it to Jameson in time. And Spider-Man appears in the window, he says, you're wrong, there is a way. And this government guy's like, Spider-Man, I think he's supposed to be a general. Says, uh, Spider-Man says, let me have the missing unit, I'll get it to the capsule somehow. And he's like, very well, we have nothing to lose, there is no way we can do it anyway. And then Jameson is like, bah, he's just a publicity-seeking phony. He's trying to grab a headline. Spider-Man runs out, swings around, webs up this, uh, this pilot at, a, at an airbase. Okay, so he got onto an airbase, webs up a pilot, takes the plane, flies the plane into the sky, catches up with the, cap- the capsule, webs the capsule, Gets drug around by it. Basically says, uh, uh, fighting against all this wind resistance, even my strength can just barely do it. So he finally gets up to the capsule, pulling himself up to it. And then we cut to Act 3, which is kind of weird that these were put like this. But I'm not going to question it. Like I said, comic books didn't really know exactly what they were doing yet. Spider-Man grabs hold of the capsule. He puts the guidance piece onto the capsule. He says, what a lucky break. It fits in place as smooth as silk. And then all of a sudden he says, "Capsule uh, inside the capsule, he says that manual control has been repaired. I can shoot immediately. So he lands and everything's safe. And then Spider-Man's like, I better make myself scarce. He runs off. He goes home and he's feeling good about himself. He says, anyway, from now on, I guess I shouldn't have any more trouble performing in public. I'll bet even Mr. Jameson himself would hire me. But he gets the paper, and the paper, he's like, this is not possible. Why? says, the newspaper demands that Spider-Man be arrested and prosecuted. (laughs) So, he got completely screwed on this one. He got completely screwed. It basically says that it was all a plot by Spider-Man to steal the spotlight from my son. I accused Spider-Man himself of sabotaging the capsule so that the guidance unit would fall off. Spider-Man unlawfully broke into a military base and commandeered a plane by force, which I'm guessing crashed because he just jumped right out of the plane. So that's a couple thousand dollars right there easily. 
Now, right after that, I believe we're moving into the next book here. Yes, no, it's not the next book. These, uh, there were multiple storylines in a single book. So right after that, it says, And so a lonely boy sits broken with the fate of society at stake. What will his decision be? What will Spider-Man do next? Only time will tell the end. But in the same book, like a double feature, we have Spider-Man versus the Chameleon, which was the first major bad guy, if you want to call him that, that Spider-Man actually went up against. Um, the script was Stan Lee, art by Steve Ditko, and lettering by John Duff. Duffy. I think that's Duffy. D-U-F-F-I, just so I'm not spitting on anybody here, in case I said his name wrong, but that's who did all the lettering. Uh, panels got this uh, creepy guy with aviator glasses and no face, like, coming up over this city, and Spider-Man's swinging in and webbing his face, and it shows the Fantastic Four to the side. Now, as we get into this story, uh, Parker is still trying to find a way to make money. He figures that the Fantastic Four must be rich because they're local super superheroes, and they're respected. Now, he assumes that that's, like, their job, because he's still only, like, a 15-year-old kid. So, what he does is he breaks into the Baxter building to try to prove something. Gets into his costume, he, he, he figures out he can't get in normally, so he web lines, and he goes across the building and sneaks in through the top, through a big window. Says, greetings group, you shouldn't have made it so easy for people to drop in on you. And all of a sudden this big dome closes around him like these big glass doors, and he says, I got news for you, loudmouth. It ain't that easy. That was the big, big, the thing. And he runs up, and before the doors can close, he, he grabs a hold of them and forces them open, these big plexiglass doors that are closing on him. Uh, right after that, as he's coming out, the thing gives him a punch. He's like, whoop-bow! And he says, oh, you big ape, who do you think you're pushing around? And he grabs the thing and throws the thing across the room, just like a rag doll, right into the human torch who was just taking flight. At this moment, he jumps up off these, they look like tires. I don't know why there's four tires there, but he jumps off these tires as Mr. Fantastic is trying to be all big hand and grab him, and he shoots Webb, right on Mr. Fantastic, but he does it like a, almost like a net, so his arms and legs are all tangled up inside of it, and he's trying to get out, and at that very moment, the invisible woman is behind him with a lasso, as if that would have held him anyway, but I guess they don't know that at the time, they don't know that, so that's, that's fine. So she's flipping around this lasso, she throws it, but his spider sense warned him ahead of time, so he dodges out of the way, runs by her, grabs the rope and pulls it, and she like spins around like a cartoon, basically. And right at this moment, the human torch flies in and kind of tries to swirl him around. He catches fire to the ground in a circle around him, and Spider-Man jumps out of it onto the wall and then up to the ceiling. And then as he's coming down... uh. Mr. Fantastic becomes this big giant wall in front of him. And he says, okay, that's it. No more fun No more fun and games, fella. Someone might get hurt. Now I suppose you tell us why you're here. And 
at the time, the thing is like, I don't care why he's here. Get out of the way so I can kill him. And he says, it's about time someone asked. I came here to join up with you. I want to be a member of the Fantastic Four, so I thought I'd give you a demonstration of how great I was. Once again, that's his childhood ignorance. The reason Spider-Man has been my favorite character for so many years is because we always see coming-of-age stories and things like that. We, we like to see our heroes. Captain America, he was trained by the military. He was already everything he needed to be. Then they enhanced him. Then you talk about, talk about Iron Man. Iron Man wears this suit. He's an absolute genius. He can think his way out of any situation. And if he can't think of his way out of it, he has some sort of technology that will get him out of it. He's a nearly indestructible character. Um, going into other people, the Fantastic Four, they're all scientists. It's weird how they just kind of jumped right into the hero-ness of it. But when you talk about Ben, uh, Ben Grimm... He was, uh, he was military, I believe, so he was trained, and he's always been a tough guy anyway. So he already knew how to fight and how to take care of himself and how to deal with situations like this anyhow. Now, getting back to the book, anyways, uh, Spider-Man, to me, he doesn't know how to be a hero. He doesn't, he doesn't understand it. This, this wasn't given to him. He didn't have any form of prior experience whatsoever. He barely has his life figured out, let alone how to do what he's trying to do. He's 15 years old. He's now thrust into this game. It's time to throw down. And he's up against these guys that are always superior to him, not just in the fact that they're stronger, but that he himself is not ready to take on some of the things that he takes on. He makes constant mistakes, whether it be getting involved in things that he doesn't need to be involved in, or simply letting people go because he doesn't, he, he doesn't quite have the knowledge to deal with what he's trying to deal with yet. He is not ready to be a hero. He just jumped into it like it was a game, and then he couldn't allow himself to back out of it, and you get to experience Spider-Man's trial by fire as he learns about how crucial a secret identity is, as he learns about how the choices he'll make will affect not just the world, but the very people that he loves. So, going back into the book, he tells them that he, he's wondering how much money they make. They basically says, we pay no salaries or bonuses. Any profit we make goes directly into scientific research, son. And he's like, oh, crap. He says, we keep just enough money to pay our expenses. Every other cent goes into developing the most effective crime-fighting apparatus we can create. And he gets mad. He's like, I might have known. You're just like all the rest, ready to believe the worst of anyone. Okay, keep me out of your group. And uh, he flies out the window. Well, he, he web swings out the window. We are then introduced to the chameleon. He's got a guy, he's got like a scientist tied up, and he's basically dressing up as that scientist going in and doing these experiments and whatnot. And he, you, you get the idea that that's what he does. He has fake noses on the wall and all this other crap and hundreds of different masks and, and fake faces and things. So you know that he's been doing this for years. When he sees Spider-Man in the news and he gets this idea that 
it would be great to pull off Crimes as Spider-Man because it's one of the easiest capers and he could easily emulate the powers or so. Or that's what he says anyway. So he, he goes around as Spider-Man flipping around everywhere and he, uh, he jumps in he says, those missile defense plans you're holding, give them to me. And he's like, no, Spider-Man, how, how did you get in here anyway? I can't believe you're a traitor. And he webs the guy up with a gun, a web gun. Then he jumps over and takes the plans, runs up the stairs to where there's an helicopter. Uh, the, the, sorry, there's a helicopter waiting. He says, I'll be gone before the real Spider-Man gets here. And he says, I'm sorry, I won't be there to hear Spider-Man try to talk himself out of my trap. Strange, that helicopter must have just left the roof that I'm headed for. That's the Spider-Man, the actual Spider-Man, jumping from area to area. He lands on the roof, just as the, just as the police open the door, and they're like, Freeze, Spider-Man! We want those secret plans back! He immediately webs the door to stop them from coming after him, and he's like... He's like, I don't know what all this is about, but nobody's framing me for anything. He jumps off the roof, swings around. He's trying to figure out what's going on. If he hasn't flown too far, I can use my spider sense to tune in on the ship. So he figures out, he uses his webs, ropes them to these two, two sides, and he uses himself like a slingshot, creates a parachute, Goes down towards the, 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 the ocean, lands in a boat, commandeers the boat, drives the boat out to a submarine. Yeah, this is this is actually what I'm what what I'm describing is what's happening. He webs himself to the boat, the submarine, jumps off the submarine, webs himself to the helicopter, and then the helicopter starts going nuts. Like it's doing all these flips and everything, and he rips the door off the side of the helicopter jumps in, grabs the chameleon, brings him, like, somehow he forces the helicopter back to the roof. I don't understand how he did that. Somehow he knows how to fly jets and helicopters, and he's 15 years old. But he comes down, he says, here's the guy who you were looking for who stole those plans and impersonated me. He drops a smoke bomb, somehow breaks Spider-Man's grip and runs into the, uh, into the police station pulls his face off, puts a new thing on to look like a cop, gets all dressed up, and Spider-Man senses him as he's walking by, and he's like, that's the guy there. So he cuts the power, now all the lights are off, and Spider-Man is like, but that won't stop me, I can still sense him in the dark. I'll just shoot my web over, oh no, I'm out of web fluid, which was a common gimmick that they used, but... He jumps up on the wall, runs across the wall, jumps down, and grabs this cop. And this cop is like, help, grab him, it's the chameleon disguised as Spider-Man again. They all grab a hold of him, and he's like, oh no you don't, you're not going to fool us that way a second time. And he's like, wait, hey, he's lying, I'm Spider-Man. He, he, he gets, he basically rips this guy's uniform off of him revealing the Spider-Man costume underneath, and they're like, they, uh, now here's the part I don't understand. If Spider-Man was wearing his clothes underneath anyway, then when he ripped that thing off that cop, 
Why wasn't that guy just like, ah, I'm Spider-Man. He's the chameleon. And I, I, don't, I don't get it. Like, the cops, they didn't even question it. They were just like, oh, there's a Spider-Man costume under that cop suit. It's got to be him. But there, I guess the investigation is laid to rest pretty quick when he jumps, like, almost three stories onto the, uh, onto the building and starts climbing up the building. And they're like, oh, man, look at him go up that wall. He was the real thing. Later on, the Fantastic Four sitting there reading about it. And they're like, Reed, he's so powerful and confused. What if Spider-Man ever turns his superpowers against the law? And the thing is like, yeah, if a teenager can be so blamed strong, how strong will he be when he gets older? And the Torch is like, ah, he won't ever have to worry. We won't ever have to worry about him. And then Mr. Fantastic, oh, well, I don't know, Johnny. I wonder. And that is the end of the first issue of Spider-Man. It's a pretty standard issue. It's a decent story. I won't say it's one of the best. Uh, out of the two that we've read so far, I would definitely prefer the first one. I think that the second one is decent, but the storytelling needs time to come into its own. It's going to take a while. That's just the way it is. But that was the second issue or rather, sorry, that's the first issue of The Amazing Spider-Man, the second in our line of Spider-Man reviews that we're going to be doing here on Fantasy Night. So, this has been another step into my becoming a knight of the fandom. And to you guys out there, please get on the Facebook group page, Please talk some Spider-Man with me. Let me know what you think of the show so far and everything like that. And just remember, guys, I'm going to try to keep this show going as much as I possibly can. And it was a gimmick for me for a long time to do kind of a catchphrase at the end of every single one of my shows. Like, this has been the four chairs. We're folding them up and things like that. And I thought about saying something like, if you have the chance, if you have the chance to be a knight, don't be a squire or something like that. But really, I just want this show to be more of a normal just review show in general. And we got a couple episodes coming up that I feel that you'll really enjoy, so please stick with us and keep letting me know what you guys think. Let me know how we can improve the show and as I get different emails and whatnot I'll read them on the show whether they be positive or negative I'll, I'll try to I'll try to address some different situations so let me know what you guys think and I'll catch you next time